What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Real Talk Podcast. Sorry for a little hiatus. It's been extremely busy. We've been running around and must say, I'm very thankful for my clients. We are having a record year after having a devastating year since 2020 COVID and uh, having a very uh, similarly uh, low year, catching up year last year. We're back in full swing. Manhattan market has been extremely strong with over 1,000 contracts, 1,400 contracts getting signed every month in New York City. Usually in a good market, we'll see about 1,000 contracts getting signed a month. Uh, some of these months, we've been seeing 1,400 plus contracts getting signed in Manhattan. So that's, it's a sign of a very healthy market, a very strong market. Therefore, it's been very busy for me to come in and talk to people on a podcast, record, post-produce. I mean, I do this all myself. And it has been a challenge to find time to squeeze in guests when we're juggling our actual full-time job is representing our clients on the buy side, sell side, and the landlord side. So thank you for your patience. I have some special guests coming up in the next few weeks. I have uh, my buddy Phil, Gar Phil Garcia, who is one of my main contractors. Uh, he does a lot of renovation work for me. He's coming on. We're going to talk it up, chop it up about renovations, permits, filings, costs, construction, supply chain issues, things of that nature. And I'll have uh, more fun guests coming up in the future as well. As you know, this is a business podcast. And one of the topics that have come across my face, my time, within my circle as, as of the last few months is you know, my flights got canceled or my flight got delayed or I, these flights have been expensive or the rise in gas prices have, have caused my airline ticket to go up last minute. A lot of these topics have come across as we're coming kind of out of COVID, hopefully on the trail end of COVID. And as a business owner myself, and I've been doing this since about 2008, 2009, when I got into the world of real estate, is utilizing the credit cards as an advantage, not from a personal standpoint, but also both from a business standpoint as well. It is your financial responsibility as a business owner or as someone that is on a salary, it doesn't really matter. It is your responsibility to manage your finances so that you're op whether you're operating a sole proprietorship or an LLC or an S-Corp, or you're a 1040 salaried individual, you have to know what are your finances. You know, basics of your finances include basic accounting, like knowing how to read a profit and loss statement, how to pay your taxes on a quarterly basis, what are your estimated payments between quarter one through quarter four of year 2022, year 2023. If you don't know that, you should have an accountant or an accounting team that you hire on a monthly basis or a full-time basis to advise you of these costs. Managing your own expenses outside of that are majorly your payroll. Obviously, your payroll on a bi-weekly basis. If you have staff, if you pay yourself, you should know what it is on a month-to-month -month and a quarter-over-quarter -quarter basis. Speaking of expenses, there are five general categories as a business owner on what your expenses are. Let's go through just... Just generally speaking, five of them, right? You have, as a broker, we have marketing. Marketing expenses, that means you, know, you have paid platforms on social media. Let me take this listing and invest 100 bucks and geotag it into 10017. You have to pay for that. Uh, let me geotarget an Instagram. You know, let me throw in 200 bucks on this listing and then just promote them on Instagram or TikTok. Let me hire some influencers to do a TikTok reel on you know, these you know, my, my new $5 million listing, whatever it may be. 
You also have um, express stocks. Look, I just listed, just sold, in contract, just leased. This is your market data. This is what's going on in your neighborhood. And you're going to likely use express stocks to mail out these postcards to your farming your building, farming your network. You also have photography, you have floor planning, video shooting. These are video assets, right? So you're probably paying a vendor, Box B or OLR or any of these hundreds of other companies that help real estate professionals to get professional quality image and video assets for your clients' listings. So those are that's that's, that's marketing expense. Uh, second would be membership dues which would be dues to your local real estate MLS or your dues to your real estate brokerage, dues for your um, MLS. I don't, we don't have an MLS in New York City, but I'm sure you have MLS fees that you have to spend money on. You have subscriptions like, you know, shout out Noah Rosenblatt of Urban, Urban Digs, which I know a lot of brokers pay to subscribe on a monthly basis. One of my past guests, Kale Goodman of Market uh, New Development, uh, market-proof new development, uh, that's, that's a subscription that you may want to join if you have uh, clients that are on the buy side for new development. Uh, you also have trade magazines like The Real Deal. Shout out Amir Karangi, one of our past guests, uh, and also Adam Pure, of, of one of the editors of The Real Deal. Uh, but you have to pay for The Real Deal. You have to pay for Wall Street Journal, Financial Times, New York Times, uh, Washington Post, whatever it may be. So those are dues. You also have, as brokers, travel and transportation. If you have a car, if you're not a New York City broker and you have a car and you should take clients around, you have to spend on gas and cars and insurance and stuff like that. You also have, uh, if you're like me or any other brokers in New York City, you probably have a city bike membership or someone like me, you have a, a bicycle that you have to maintain. My gravel bike is obviously not the most expensive gravel bike, but it does cost money to maintain. And then you have operational costs. Do you have an accounting team that you have on retainer on a monthly basis? Do you have a financial planner? Do you have software or tech expenses like Adobe? You know, we pay, I mean, I edit my videos on Adobe Premiere Pro. I also have a full out Adobe subscription. We also have other tech expenses like, uh, you know, videography. I have apps for videography and stuff like that. You also have self-marketing expenses. Do you have money to spend on swag? Do you, are you making t-shirts? Are you making you know, promotional gifts for your clients? And then you also have for gifting for clients. So after a transaction, are you spending money on your clients as a gift? Are you buying them bottles of wine? Are you giving them the classic kitchen cutting board that's custom engraved? Whatever it may be. So you have those costs. And then finally, you know, I like to call this an entertainment expense. And Probably for a lot of brokers, it is a large chunk of their operational costs. That would be breakfast, client breakfast, breakfast outings, lunch outings, coffee outings, dinner outings, drinks, hosting certain client appreciation events. I actually just had one this past Sunday at the rooftop of the One Hotel, one of my favorite locations, especially on a nice day and events. So you have expenses for events and you're also attending industry events. Now that COVID is on the way down, and hopefully it stays like this, but you also have events like uh, the Multifamily Summit. You have the Real Deal events. So that's just for us, us brokers. But obviously, if you're a wealth planner or a financial planner, I'm sure you have very comparable events within the industry. Just shaking hands and kissing babies. So a lot of expenses. 
as a business owner, and it's not easy. You know, how do you keep up with these expenses? Of course, we want to keep it as low as possible, but there are expenses that you have as a business owner, and it is your responsibility to be able to identify certain elements within the business world that you can capitalize on to make sure that you're getting the most out of your dollar spend expenditure. And one of the ways to get this is through credit cards. What should you be putting on your credit card? And why are you using the same credit card since 2010? I don't know if you fly, I'm sure you do. Or now that COVID is lower, you are starting to fly. Are you staying in hotels? Then mainly you should be taking a very hard look at yourself and ask why you are not opening up and utilizing certain credit cards, spending the limit, getting the bonus, and then closing them. If you want to get into the credit card game as a real estate operator, you need to change your mindset from, oh, I'm too busy to focus on this. Let me research cards down the road. Oh, I don't want to hurt my credit score. Oh, it's just too much work, too much research. I don't get it. You need to switch that mindset to let me research the proper cards that will give me the proper bonuses so that I can utilize that and leverage that into my personal life or my business life. Whatever you want to do with them. You're spending $20,000 a year on dinners and expenses. You're spending $10,000 a year on marketing and social media promotion. You're spending $5,000 a year on membership dues. And you're spending 20 or 30 or 40, even with gas prices, you know, who knows? You're paying maybe $40,000 a year just on your car maintenance, your gas. I mean, these are serious expenses. And depending on how big your business is and depending on how maybe you own a business, maybe you own run a plumbing business or a dentistry business, I mean, you're probably spending a couple hundred grand a year on machinery and supplies. You know, one of my GCs, I'll ask them about this next too, but if you know, you're putting on your credit card, you know, $100,000 worth of appliance refrigerators on an annual basis. Maybe even that's, maybe that's even cheap. Maybe 200,000 bucks on refrigerators. Someone is making a profit off you. That's the credit card companies. But what can you do to leverage credit card companies to your own advantage? And that's what I want to talk about briefly today. How the credit card game works. Most credit cards, when you open them, they have a minimum spend. Let's just say, for example, open this card Card number A gives you, if you, if you spend $3,000 in three months, us, the credit card company, will give you X number of points. So give you, I'll give you an example. Amex, if you spend $5,000 on a certain card in three months, you will get 50,000 Amex points. Now that's cool. It's kind of hard to understand what that really actually means. I'll give you another example. Chase Sapphire. If you open a Chase Sapphire card, brand new Chase Sapphire card, you can get right now probably 60,000 points as long as you spend within three months, $3,000. Pretty easy, it's an entry level It's an entry level card. You could go to Barclays, which is also in partnership with Citibank. You can open up a Barclays card for 100,000 points. You can get 100,000 points if you spend $3,000 or $5,000 within three months, four months. And then let's talk about more advanced cards. Uh, just These are all examples, but generally what I'm talking about is within the range of the bonuses that we're discussing. An MX card, if you spend $5,000 within three months, you'll get 100,000 points, MX points. Now to an average consumer that 
does not know anything about 100,000 Amex points, Amex points, it doesn't really mean much. Like, oh, why would I go through the trouble of opening these cards to get 100,000 points? I mean, I don't even know what 100,000 points does. You know, is that $100,000? Obviously not. But, you know, what could you do with them? So here's how the card game works. All cards that you open, that you should be opening, have a minimum spend. And then there's a bonus. Now, depending on the cards that I just discussed, once you get the bonus, then you can think about what you can use those points on. So before you open up your card, think about this. Think about where do you generally travel or where do you want to travel? Where do you want to take flights to and from? Or maybe what hotels do you want to maybe stay at if you do end up traveling? Before I get into the cards and the specifics, I just want to give you a layout of how the airline world works. I've been doing this since 2008. I've collected over 2 million points between 2017 and 2019. I've opened and closed over 30 cards in my lifetime. I have never paid for a business class ticket in my life. I've never paid for a first class ticket in my life. Internationally, I have never flown economy, international flights. Of course, I've flown Spirit and all the domestic airlines, all the cheap airlines I, I, I've flown. I've done all of that. But from an international standpoint, I've never, I've never flown since 2012. I've never flown economy on an international flight. So just think of it this way. This is, I'm somewhat qualified to give you the general layout of this airline world and how it works. So... There are generally three major alliances in the airline world. The first is One World Alliance, which includes American Airlines, Japan Airlines, Alaskan Airlines, British Airways, Cathay, Qatar. Those are all One World Alliance airlines. And that airline has a partnership with Barclays cards and City cards. Meaning, if you open up a City card today, and there's several of them. You make the spend and you earn 60,000 miles. That 60,000 miles will translate to any of, any of the One World Alliance members. Again, majorly American Airlines, Cathay, JAL, JAL is Japan Airlines, and um, British Airways. So that's great. Okay, so that's, we know that. For... The second group of alliances, it's called Star Alliance. So Star Alliance, the major airline, and the founder is United Airlines, UA. United, under that umbrella, you also have, there's a lot of other airlines, but under that, you also have the major ones. I'm just going to list EVA Air, which is Taiwanese Air, ANA, which is Japan, All Nippon Airlines. It's a Japanese airline. Air China, Air Canada. There's about a dozen others. It's a huge group, but mainly... If you're with Chase Bank, Chase has a partnership with Star Alliance Airlines. So going back again, if you spend $3,000 in three months on a Chase Sapphire and you get 60,000 points, those 60,000 points are with Star Alliance, which you can transfer to any of the Star Alliance Airlines. Again, United Airlines... ANA, EVA, Air China, Air Canada, and a dozen others that I'm not going to list because you're probably not going to fly out of them from JFK. 
And if you do, great, tell me. <laughs> you proved me wrong. And then the third one is Delta. Delta is, uh, I believe, a Sky Alliance. It's a smaller, it's a smaller, Amex has a relationship with Sky Alliance. Uh, Amex has a relationship with several other smaller airlines, but also airlines that you can use here uh, in the United States. For example, uh, Delta is the major partnership they have. They also have British Airways, Virgin Atlantic, uh, ANA, which again coincides with Star Alliance, JetBlue, which does not coincide with Star Alliance. So you could fly, JetBlue is a major domestic airline that you could transfer points from your Amex account. Now, Amex Platinum or Amex Gold, you spend X amount of dollars within an X amount of time and you get 60,000, 70,000 points. Those points can all transfer to Delta, Air Canada, British Airways, uh, Iberia, Air Mexico. Those are all within the Amex partnership. So those are the three major partnerships and a lot of people will say, well, what about the Cap One card or the other cards, some of the other cards? I mean, of course there are. It's probably your job and your responsibility to research those cards and see what type of partnership they have with those airlines. So we're at a point where a lot of my industry colleagues or business owners that I know that I'm friends with will ask me to talk. Like, I just can't, don't want to spend time researching these cards. What should I open? The major concept and the thought process that you should have is, okay, you're spending $10,000 on this one expense, operational costs. You're spending $10,000 a year on your marketing team and your accounting team. You should be paying them on your credit card, but you're only using your credit card that you've got in 2008 when you first entered the workforce. Your first credit card, that's great. Don't close that credit card because that credit card probably an entry-level credit card. It probably has no annual fee. And if it does, it's probably very, very, very minimal. The majority of your credit score is based on your oldest credit, credit line, your oldest credit card. Some parents that are savvy may have opened up a credit card for you when you were in elementary school or high school and just kept payments on it on a consistent basis. But most people will have an, one or two old credit cards that they opened when they were in high school or college or right after college and they put everything on that credit card. And that's good because that has, throughout, your, throughout the years, that has helped you in keeping your credit score high. What you need to do now is have the mindset of, let me open up some fresh credit cards. I deserve it, it's my time. I have good credit, I made payments on time on my one or two old credit cards. It's time for me to open up credit cards, not to get a free t-shirt, not to get free hat at the stadium, not to get 15% off at Bloomingdale's, not to get 10% off at Gap, not to get 20% off at J. Crew, not to get et cetera, et cetera. No, you wanna get credit cards by leveraging your business expense that are coming up, putting all that expense on the new credit card, don't close the old one, on the new credit card, make the spend, get the bonus, then close it. A lot of people ask me, well, if I close this card, it's going to hurt my credit score. Well, it probably will. Probably will hurt you by two, three, four, five points. Sure. I probably opened 25 credit cards before I got my first mortgage. Granted, I paid everything on time. I've never defaulted on payments. I've never paid the minimum. I paid everything off. I never had any penalties. I never had anything assigned to collections. But yes, it is, it is going to hurt 
your credit card because it's your credit card is based on your credit, which is tied to your social security number, which is needed to open up new credit cards. But let's just say that you know your finances, you know your expenses, and your financials are strong enough and your foundations of accounting are good enough that you understand that by opening this credit card, I'm going to have to spend at least $5,000 within three months to make the bonus points and then close it. The other advantage that you have if you are a business owner is you get something called a business EIN, Employer Identification Number. Do you have a business EIN? And if you're a real estate broker and you're listening to this and you don't have a, B, a business EIN by now and you're just 1099ing yourself, please put just a little bit of baby powder on your hand, on your strong hand, and slap yourself in the face. Because as an independent contractor, you, you have significant tax benefits by creating an S-Corp or an LLC. In order to create an S-Corp or LLC, you have to speak to your accountant, establish one, and make sure that S-Corp or that LLC has something called an EIN. And an EIN is basically a business, it's a social security number, social security number for your business. A social security number for your business is the same thing as a social security number for your own business, or I'm sorry, for, for your own self, individual, and in that it's a credit line and a credit history that is available for your business. So what happens is in the credit card world, they like to give credit cards to not just you, but to businesses because typically to businesses, their, their expenditures are a little bit more than your personal expenditure. If you own a real estate business or a plumbing business or a car dealership or any type of small business, you're likely going to spend more money on that card than you are going to be spending on yourself by buying groceries. I don't know, what's a personal spend that you have that's kind of big outside of maybe a vacation? Probably not much, right? Maybe, I don't know, if you're an independent contractor, I would say restaurant, going out to a restaurant with your friends on a Friday night. I mean, that's that's a, that's an expensive bill. But if you're a business owner, you're probably trying to write off, you know, you have to buy 10 refrigerators for your remodel. Or if you're a real estate broker, you have to pay, you know, $10,000 on marketing in the next quarter. So what you should be doing is opening up business credit cards by utilizing your business EIN. And when you open and close business credit cards, the majority of the time, it does not impact your personal credit score. Let me repeat that again. If you are using your business credit card, opening and closing business credit card accounts has no impact on your personal credit score and closing one, closing cards that are tied to your business EIN will have likely almost zero or zero impact on your personal social security number and personal credit score. So what are these advantages? Well, um, if you have a business EIN, now you're, the world opens up to several other credit cards that you could also spend on top of your personal credit cards that you could also make the spend on. So let me give you an example. If you go to Amex.com, there are probably nine or 10 different credit cards that you can open up under your own name, not related to your business. You have the business gold, you have the business, yeah, I'm sorry, you have the Amex personal gold, you have the Amex green, you have the Amex platinum, you have the Amex black card, which you probably don't need to open. 
You have the Amex Hilton Hyatt card. Those are partnership cards. And you also have some basic Amex cards, uh, Amex Silver, just, you know, no annual fee, very easy to obtain. So those are personal cards. And then you also have uh, the Amex Delta, which is the partnership that they have with Delta Airlines. Those are all personal. Those are all different types of personal credit cards that Amex can offer, offer you. And then you also have uh, Delta Sky Miles personal. You also have uh, Blue American Express cards. Those are kind of easy to open. Blue Cash everyday card. Very easy to open cards. Now, I just talked, I just rattled off a bunch of Amex personal cards. When you have a business, EIN, not only are these options available for you, but also these business cards are available for you. So you'll have the Amex Platinum business card. You have the Amex Gold business card. You have the Amex Delta business card. You have the Amex business card, the green business card. So you have all of these other options that open up a whole world of credit cards just for your use and the options that you have just by having a business EIN. Same thing. Let's not talk about Amex. Let's talk about City. Same thing. You could go and get a City World Elite personal card. You could get a, and this is for American Airlines, remember, you could get a Barclays personal credit card. And on top of that, you could get a Barclays business credit card. You could get a City World Elite business card for your, utilizing your business EIN. Both business and personal cards generally have the same bonuses. So, for example, if you wanted to go chase business ink card and you want to open up a business ink card great well the business ink card is currently offering 60,000 bonus points on a $3,000 spend minimum within a three-month time frame at the same time a chase personal card will give you same thing 60,000 bonus points on a three-month time frame spend within spending three to four to five thousand dollars on your personal expenses so what you can do is you can double up and combine those points by making the spend on both. You can open up both at the same day if you want and make the spend on both. And now you have $120,000, sorry, 120,000 points within a three-month time frame. So by leveraging your upcoming expenses, knowing how much money is about to go out of your checking account, business or personal checking account, you can now use those cards open them up, make the spend, gain the points, and then after you've gained the points, you can close them. Now, on the personal side, I just want to warn you that if you do close an account, you will likely have a couple points taken off your FICO. So what you should do is if you want to open up another personal credit card, open that one up first before you close it so that you get that hard inquiry first, make sure it's clear, and then you can close up your card, the personal card that you just opened. On the business side, it doesn't really matter because it doesn't impact your personal credit. Open up your first card, make the spend, and close the card as soon as the spend is done. What you should do to keep track of your credit card expenditures and the cards that you have opened are open up a Google spreadsheet. And within that Google spreadsheet, you should create these columns, categories, so you can fill them in on the date that the type of credit card that you have, the date that you open the credit card, the three month anniversary date. You know what? If you get one on March one and three one, it's you know you have to make sure by six one you have to close this card. Well, by six one you have to make the spend. You want to know how much is the bonus? 
you want to know what are the additional bonuses a lot of credit cards have you know not only do you do, if you spend three uh five thousand dollars within three months you get a hundred thousand points but if you spend fifteen thousand dollars within the year you get an additional fifty thousand bonus points so add those notes in because once you start opening these cards you're going to have a hard time tracking each individual card as you intended to do so in the beginning outside of that you should also have you know what is your username or your username for that account so what is your username for amex personal what is your username for chase what is your username for barclays what is your username for all of these other airlines what is your airline frequent flyer number so if what if it's an a advantage number what is your if you have open up a city card you need an a american airlines advantage number so you maybe keep a spreadsheet to keep track of what your username is for aadvantage.com aa.com what your frequent flyer number is same thing with hilton or hyatt speaking of hilton hyatt these are hotel points hyatt is with chase but you also need to know what your hyatt login number is what is your hyatt uh, hyatt traveler number what is your hilton honors number Hilton honors number. So you have a lot of data that you want to keep track of on one single spreadsheet. And then what's going to happen is one day you're going to want to travel to say London or say Paris, say China, Tokyo, whatever it may be. Now you can look at how many points you've accumulated throughout the year by your hard earned money on your business account, your hard earned money in your business account and said, Oh, thank God. I listened to talks episode on credit cards because now I can fly one way for free and just save myself a thousand bucks. Let me tell you a couple of examples. It's not going to be all the same on, on every airline, but I fly to Tokyo frequently before COVID. Fly there once or twice a year. There are two types of dates when you fly on points. There's saver days and there's regular days. If you fly on a saver day, typically you could fly business class one way with about 60,000 points. Now, if you look on kayak.com or Expedia.com or Google Airlines, look up the cost on a one-way business class ticket to Tokyo from New York City. Usually about five, six, seven thousand dollars $7,000. You could get that for free. By why? By doing what? By utilizing your normal business expenses that you're spending money on with your hard-earned money and you're flipping it to a business class flight, an international business class flight. I'll just give you another example. I'm flying back from Italy next month by spending 45,000 miles on my Amex and flying first class back from Italy to New York City. And I'm able to do that because the, the Amex points transfer to, to the airline that I'm using to fly back. So these are just, and I'm flying for free. It's a $4,000 ticket to fly back one way. So these are the ways you have to learn how to utilize your business expenses to your own benefit. Otherwise, you're really leaving a lot of money on the table. One other quick tip before I close out, and I might do another episode on this again, just because there's so much more into this. But one quick tip is typically this, the point system does not change if you book the day before or two days before your flight. But if you pay cash, obviously the closer to the date it gets for you to fly to, for you to fly back or fly out, the more expensive the flights get. So that's one benefit. Number two, the dollar per point value is significantly extended if you fly international, meaning you you get more bang for your points if you fly business or first class in, internationally than flying domestic. 
So just to give you one example, if I flew from New York City to Denver one way on, let's just say United, it'll probably cost me 50,000 points. And, but if I paid cash, it'll probably cost me 200, 300 bucks, especially if it's, if it's on a weekend, maybe three, 400 bucks. But at the same time, if I actually transfer the 50,000 to 60,000 United points to ANA, remember United, United is with Star Alliance. Star Alliance is ANA. So if I wanted to fly to Tokyo, I could actually get a business class seat on a Saber Day with about 55,000, 60,000, 65,000 points. And that one way ticket to Japan is five or six or $7,000. So, you know, as you're getting 10x your points on a dollar per dollar value worth uh, rather than spending that on a domestic flight. So those are some, you know, quick tips. If you do have a scenario where let's just say, you know, oh my gosh, I forgot to book my flight back and it's, you know, $1,000 to fly from Salt Lake City to New York City uh, on Delta, you know, if you look at the point value system on a last minute flight, actually it might make sense for you to, to, uh, to fly uh, via points if it was a scenario like that. Now, which uh, typically you want to try avoiding flying last minute. So, any event, so you know that's basically this episode. It kind of wraps up the benefits of owning a business and why you should be using credit cards and opening and closing new credit cards, especially on your business line, because you deserve it. Because you are responsible for your own financial well-being, and why not leverage the fact that you do have a business and you do have high expenses to your advantage by making sure that the points system is used for your future uh, travel experiences or hotel experiences. So if you have any questions, always feel free to reach out, DM me at my Instagram. You can always email me at talk at compass.com. Thank you always for listening. It's been a quick episode, but uh, I would love to hear more feedback from you if you have any, and uh, we will look forward to speaking to you soon. All right, stay tuned for the next episode and have a nice week. Bye-bye.